welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Summary. Uh, I don't actually think I've, uh, well, I've never recorded an episode like this before. Um, my guest is Arnie, and she is a two-time cancer survivor. Uh, she had was diagnosed with late-stage breast cancer uh, in 2016, I believe, which then recurred in 2019. Um, and in that time, went to Oxford and did an MBA, uh, is an engineer by background, previously worked at the UN, the WWF. Uh, and I don't think I, I, I don't think I've known someone as, I guess, you hear the word like strong as her, like mentally strong, the resilience required to go through education whilst going through chemotherapy, whilst building a health tech company. This is it's so inspirational. It's quite, it's quite emotional. This one, it was for me recording it multiple times and then he burst into tears because this is a topic really close to me. Um, in that, someone very close to me had cancer, uh, went through it in a way that I think they needed something like this. Um, and Arnie talks about the company that she's building and why it's a, it's a digital platform that allows cancer survivors to get content and elements of art and nature therapy, uh, giving good vibes. She said, um, but it also allows you to essentially trade love on there. You can dedicate a run that you're doing to someone with cancer. They will be notified of that. You don't even have to know them. It can be someone completely random. And she talks about her experience of going through cancer and having basically feeling loved and that being a huge motivator and factor in her happiness and her ability to get out there and live a relatively normal life despite what she was going through. And she's built this platform that kind of mimics that and allows other people to trade that love and to give that love and to feel that love. And that is as beautiful as it sounds. Um, what else? <laughs> oh, listen, uh, just, just go and listen to this episode. It's, uh, it's, it's a really good one. Arnie, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for, for having me. I'm very well. And how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, apologies for the technical issues with getting you onto the podcast. These are often the case these days with these platforms. Um, but yes, glad to have you here and glad to be recording it. Thank you. So Arnie, listen, obviously that's a, it's a very honest and a very personal story that you've allowed me to kind of introduce you with there that you that you passed through on your intro um there's obviously quite a lot of detail involved in giving you this passion for what you're doing now with your personal health and history behind that health and so it'd be great in your own words for you to tell us that story thank you very much james well, so well, I'm a I'm a mechanical engineer by training, as as you said in the introduction, and um, did um, some projects, worked on a couple of projects in the in the state as well, in environmental management and policy in forest forest resources. That's when I was doing my my master's degree in in New York, 
then I've, I had the privilege of working with uh, the United Nations and WWF, World Wildlife Fund, and uh, several private companies in sustainability, community development, and natural resources. So um, there was a lot of uh, knowledge and, and, and experience um, in, in terms of understanding the, the human factor, the community and community development and organizational management. And uh, the next step for us back in 2015 was really to come to Oxford. Like Oxford University was my uh, one of my long-term goals. And in 2015, uh, I got accepted into Oxford and I wanted to come to do my MBA, to do an MBA because you know, I had a lot of knowledge and experience, as I said, in, in several fields. And I wanted to combine uh, that experience and uh, use it for uh, actually to, to bring a positive impact and do something meaningful. And that's something that I was uh, really aiming for. I do remember probably from my uh, high school years you know, when I was, you know, when I was uh, a teenager. And um, so I got accepted into Oxford and I was very excited that uh, uh, I was going to travel and uh, actually achieve fulfill my goal. And a couple of months before my uh, planned departure, it was it was in summer of 2015. Um, I went for a, for a regular checkup, and it turned out that I had a late stage breast cancer. So my doctors told me that you know you can't travel now because it's important that you that you start the treatments and of course it was it was obvious and uh, which I did uh, so uh, in 2015 I started my active treatments chemotherapy uh, first of all I contacted Oxford and I told them hi this is what what happened and um and they said recover and, uh, and come to Oxford we are we are waiting for you so it was it was very, very encouraging. I knew that I had, I had a goal there. I, I knew that there was something waiting for me, and um, whatever was happening, you know, this disease which I which I had to figure out really what was going on with me. I knew that I would I would overcome, and uh, and those you know those challenges. And being an engineer myself, my approach. Uh, most of the time is okay what's the problem do we have a problem okay how can i find a solution to it uh, it's never about giving up like i never think about the possibility of giving up or that okay i can't do it the approach is always to try to figure it out and right from the first day of my diagnosis um, i've i spoke with my family and we decided that we were going to do teamwork because uh, it, it required a lot of positivity, commitment, and understanding, of course, and and um, and collaboration between you know between uh, within the family and of course doctors. So we did a good job actually. So, so in 2016, I I recovered, finished my uh, I had a couple of surgeries and. I was ready to go uh, to Oxford. So I came to Oxford in 2016, did my MBA, and I was still on treatments. I was receiving some treatments. 
And in su- successfully finished my MBA, and in 2019, uh, uh, my cancer was back. I had uh, I had recurrence, and uh, I believe the first stage of treatments probably was uh, they weren't able to eliminate the disease or whatever the you know, the, the reason was. So in 2019, uh, right after my second diagnosis, I decided to start to start run to start this company, and it's it's actually quite a funny funny story. When I went to the hospital, uh, I remember it was it was in July to see my oncologist, and I had no idea what the tests would would tell. I, I didn't know that it would you know they found tumor. So my oncologist came and uh, he had uh, the the test results or the you know the paperwork. He sat down and he said, "Look, uh, I've got some news for you. We you need to start chemotherapy again because it's it's cancer again." And honestly, James, I like, I wasn't scared. I didn't think about my disease, but what I was thinking about is. Okay, right. How can I start the project that I was thinking about for a long time? So I had the idea of Barnes wow. in 2016. And I said, this is the right time for me to start uh, to start this project. And, and of course, it became, became a company in, in 2020. But I believe what really helped me since since 2015 was um my my approach and probably also you know the, the mindset itself so instead of worrying about this disease instead of being stressed and scared i've tried to convert my experience of the patient as, as a patient and also as a as an advocate and convert it into something positive. So for me, um, most of the time, it's not, you know, something happened because this is this is what's going to lead to, you know, to negative uh, uh, something to negative. But uh, it, you know, every problem and every challenge that happens, it's it's a lesson for me. And fortunately, it it worked out very well you know, with this with this disease. I remember since since 2015, every time when I received my chemo, it would take about seven or eight days to recover, and I, usually I would be in bed. As soon as I would recover, I would go to hang out with either friends, do some projects. Um, we we did a couple of projects in order to break the stereotypes around around cancer and and cancer patients. So it was it, so. There was a lot of, and there is still a lot of uncertainty. And there are gaps, and there is a lot that we should educate uh, people and help people actually to gain more experience and to and to learn from uh, uh, from us and to learn about about this disease because we shouldn't really be scared of it. What we should do, we should respect certainly, and we shouldn't hate. This disease, like any chronic disease, because it's actually part of us. Uh, we can't we can't hate something that is you know that is part of our body, 
and we can't succeed in something that we don't like. Um, so, so there has been a lot of um, a lot of learning since going on since like 2015, and um, and it, it's something that I'm that I'm applying uh, to my work at my work mm. and in my communication uh, with other people affected by cancer. It's a well. Th- thank you for sharing that. It's a testament to your, I think, the framework that you have, the mental strength, the, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but I do feel quite, I, I feel, I guess, quite moved by your comment at the end there, that you shouldn't hate it, it's part of us. We need to respect it. I think that's a really really interesting thing to say you said it's not like a chronic disease almost like it's not it's not something external that's coming into us it is part of us i think as i think about that now and i think about the pathophysiology of a cancer of course the mechanism that leads to the cancer i.e the tumor and the growth, the, me- the the mechanism can be very different. But ultimately, I think one thing that those cancers will share are the tumours, the growths, and you're right, they are our cells. They are not foreign cells replicating inside us. They are our own cells. And I was actually having a conversation with someone recently about this, about modern medicine, and how modern medicine is an interesting one because you can kind of see how in days gone by, you your arteries would harden, your blood pressure would go up, you would have a massive event that would end your life and you'd pretty much lose your consciousness and experience of this realm before you hit the floor. Whereas with modern medicine, these things, we die with them, not of them quite often. And actually, if you're alive long enough, eventually, with cancer being what it is, your cells are mutated. You're not, they're not mutating all the time. Your cells are, well, actually to a point, your cells are mutating all the time. It's just that your body is able to get rid of the mutated cells. Apoptosis or apoptosis, I believe is the term from pulling on some first year medical student knowledge there. And ultimately those processes break down at some point in your life. If your cells replicate enough, it's a numbers game. Eventually it won't work. The checks and balances that your body has on is this a, is the correct cell or not won't work and the tumour will start growing. And eventually, if we all live long enough, perhaps we would all die of cancer. It's it's such an interesting comment that we shouldn't hate it as part of us. Do you think that being an engineer, the way that you approach problems has contributed to that kind of philosophy that you've reached. Is that a philosophy that's held often with cancer patients or is that something unique to you? And is that something that you are trying to talk about? So um, I can say that it's probably, um, you know, it's my personality, and I've been and I've been like that since my since my childhood. I remember mm-hmm. myself when I was a little girl. I 
I looked at things differently and I and I and I felt like I was quite different from my from my classmates. So I like the challenge. Um I know it may sound a bit crazy, but when things get a bit easy, you know, it's it it can it can be a bit boring for me. I like I like challenge or I like you know because that's when it gets interesting and I I'm able to find you know things in order to you know solve and that helps me grow. So it's about growth. It's about my professional and, and personal growth. And I, and of course, I don't think about it every day when I when I wake up. But it's part of me. And 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 I believe the you know, the profession that I that I chose, the engineering, it was it was connected. It was part of my you know interests. And um, it, yes, it certainly helped me that that approach that. I'm sure that a lot of a lot of engineers had, and my brother is an engineer as well, and I know that there is some you know similarity in, in the way that we think. And based on my experience with other people affected by cancer, uh, and, and again, this is my this is my experience, and and I've spoken and I've worked with hundreds of cancer patients. Usually, this isn't the approach that other people have. So what they do most of, most of the time, like you know, it's similar to uh, the program shutting down. So when they when they get the when they hear about that issue, when they hear about that problem, they hear about this diagnosis. They like their internal system or wherever that is, it just shuts down, and they panic. And there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of, um, again, uncertainty mm. and doubt. Okay, am I going to be able to make it through? And and that, I believe, that doesn't let them be themselves during during their treatment. So instead of focusing you know, on their health, you know, instead of really focusing and being positive and hopeful, and help their doctors and you know, and and especially that the treatments that they are receiving, uh, you can't you can't you know the, the treatments will work certainly, and now we have high quality treatments. But when you are stressed all the time and there is a lot of negativity and there is a lot of fear, uh, you may not get the best results. And and I'm saying this based on my experience as a patient because there was some uncertainty in my. In my life, at some point, for a short, short period of time, and I realized, okay, this isn't really helping. And that was after 2019. And and I have respect, uh, and my my, you know, I, I feel for everyone affected by cancer, and I know that it isn't easy. It's it's not very easy. We can't just say, and uh, you know, it will it will happen, but. And and people die from cancer, and and treatments can be very difficult. But what we certainly need to realize is that by staying negative and and by by, by saying negative, I mean you know the, uh, having having the fear and uh, and giving up and thinking about you know. Um, uh, things that aren't gonna aren't gonna help us. So this isn't gonna help us during the treatments. It's 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 best actually to think 
when you recover, what you would like to do, how you can, you know, live your every day. Because uh, I remember before my cancer diagnosis, um, 2015, I was very, I was very active. I was involved in several projects. I was working for several organizations, international. And I used to go hiking. I had this very, you know, healthy lifestyle. But something was lacking in my life. I knew that I want to accomplish. I knew that I wanted to find my place in this world. And there is a reason. I used to think very often, there is a reason why I, why I came to this world and I need to find my mission. Well, after my cancer diagnosis, I was able to filter, filter my time, filter things that I can, that I can focus on. And um, it's just been part of my you know, personal and professional development. And I very much hope that other people affected by cancer will have the same Mm. Uh, will have the same experience, positive experience, like I've had. And one of the things that you talked about was the stereotypes around cancer patients that exist. Uh, you mentioned that there are gaps needed for education. And I think that sort of relates to what you said around the negativity felt as well because i mean i'm hypothesizing but someone very close to me has had cancer so i've got i've got some knowledge of this um but ultimately the stigma that comes along with that label can be very negative in itself that can weigh as a pressure on someone without even thinking about the health you're now redefined almost as this this thing, a cancer patient. Like it sits on you like a label. And I know that I know that sat on the person close to me as a label to the point where they really didn't want it talked about. Um and that can obviously contribute to the negativity. It can contribute and and have certain effects that that knock on from that as well. When you talk about breaking the stereotypes around cancer patients, what is it exactly that you're talking about there? Well, two things happened back in 2015, which made me realize um, you know, that um, I had to do something about it. So at first it was, um, I remember... I, I believe I I started my chemo already, so I was I was on treatment. So I lost my you know I lost my hair, so I didn't look the way that I that I used to. And we had some family friends, and we were very close, and we're still close. So they, for some reason, they started to avoid my my parents. So. They said hello, so they saw them on the street, but they they didn't approach. It was one day, and it happened one day, and they didn't say anything. They just they just like avoided. And and I remember when my my mom came and we spoke about it, and you know she was confused. She she didn't know what was going on. But then we realized that people are friends and people that we knew that we knew. And, in the beginning, uh, in the beginning of my treatments, they uh, they didn't know what to do. So it was 
it was because of the probably lack of experience. They they had no idea what they had to say. That I have to come and say, hey, we're very sorry that you are diagnosed. And they were also scared. And we were very close. And they were scared that they would lose me. And I knew there were some rumors that, you know, uh, Annie is in bed and she's she's dying. And and it, and I imagined that it would be very difficult for these people to actually to talk about it. And they were very sad. So this is one of the things that we realized. And then and then when they saw me that, you know, I, I go out and I'm I'm literally I was having fun. And by saying fun, it wasn't just like, you know, like a regular, I'm not going and doing crazy stuff, but I was very like very optimistic. I was, you know, I would go hang out and we would do shooting, photo shooting with a few photographers because we wanted to take pictures and you know, share on social media saying, hey. This is me. Look, I don't have hair and that's okay. I'm, you know, I have cancer. It's, it's mm. fine. Whatever. Am I, am I going to sit? Am I going to stay at home and just, you know, get depressed or, you know, think about what other, other people think about me? No. So then we started, actually, I started sharing, uh, uh, the, the, the pictures, a lot of pictures. Of, of me, you know, representing my life. And it was the first time uh, in, um, in Armenia, so I'm originally from Armenia, that someone would do that. So it was the first time that kind of story went public. So people, people changed. So people saw that I was okay. People saw that my family was okay. We, you know, we used to have a lot of fun, like my mom and I, my friends would go, you know, have some nice uh, time and go, you know, on a trip. So it was, it was a lot of, uh, I would say it was a good experience for these people, you know, in our community. And later on, not only in the country, but also in other countries. So then hundreds and thousands of people reached out to me soon. It was like towards the end of 2015, beginning of 2016 from, from the US, from, from the Europe. I don't remember if there was anybody from England at this point, but from, from the UK. Uh, so I had this feeling that, you know, my life and my journey became the life and the journey and, um, you know, and the battle of, of, of many, many people. And, I'm trying not to really kind of um, use the, the cancer battle, that phrase, that much, because I do believe that we shouldn't fight this disease, but instead we need to live to live with it. And the other experience with stereotype was once I went, I believe it was a bank. I went to the bank and uh, I, I had to do something there. I don't remember. And the manager, and I was in the line, you know, I was queuing and she didn't approach she didn't say anything. She just avoided me. She 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 left the room, and I was quite surprised. Um, but again, I, probably because of my appearance, and it didn't affect me. But I know that many people, many women, and um, you know, other people affected by cancer certainly will. It, it will be a negative experience for them. So that was. Yeah, those are the two examples that I that I can bring. But 
But mm. again, um, if someone has cancer, it doesn't mean that their life is going to end, uh, that they can't be happy, that they can't have you know families, that they can't uh, you know have a have a full life. So it's all about us. So we need to do our best to to try to help other people who haven't been affected by cancer and just make them feel comfortable and not be scared of, you know, mm. of this disease. It's, uh, it's not that scary in many cases. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, a, one, a beautiful sentiment. I think the empathy to have the empathy for those people that are giving you a wide berth, you know, not ignoring you, but trying to keep their distance, you know, for those, for those people who clearly feel awkward, they don't know what to do. You're right. There's an education gap. There's an education gap around. This isn't a contagious disease. This isn't something to be wary of from a personal perspective, but also, whilst you might not be comfortable, the best thing is to be normal around the people that are trying to be normal around you. You know, it's, it's a, as I say, a beautiful sentiment that you can have that empathy and actually bang the drum for those people and to make them feel comfortable, because that's obviously going to be the thing that creates the environment for those people with cancer to exist more normally because they're trying to too. So I, I think, I think it is a, as I say, wonderful sentiment to, to have that empathy, even let alone to be doing what you're doing and trying to educate those. So talking about how this then translates, you, you talked about purpose a lot and you've talked about this giving you a purpose and allowing you to, I don't know, we want to stay away from that kind of battle and, and fighting analogy and language, but it's obviously given you a reason to be part of this movement and to, to, I was going to say fight for other people, but you know what I mean? Advocate for other people too, and bear the load of responsibility of more people than just yourself. And you having this ability through your skills as an engineer, through your experience as a patient and the ability to potentially build a company, you're obviously bearing some responsibility here for other people and that's giving you this purpose and and reason to push on. You talked even about when, when you received your second diagnosis, the fact that you weren't actually scared at this point and that you, it, it just sort of fortified your mission almost of, okay, we need to, we need to go to work now. So what is that work? What was the idea? What is the product and the company and how does this all link together? So since, since 2015, actually it was, I believe in 2016, when I was, when I was on treatment, I had a lot of side effects. And, and, and of course, you know, we know chemotherapy or radiotherapy or, or any cancer treatment, they have side effects. And that's part of the, that's part of the process. It's part of the, you know, a therapy. I remember once I had a very, I mean, severe side effect. It was something like um, a near stroke event. So it wasn't stroke, but it could lead to stroke. And it happened twice um, after chemo. So 
twice, I guess, in, in a month or uh, in two months. So I tried to, you know, I, I explained my my doctors. I said, this is this is what's happening to me. And it was something not normal because I knew how I reacted to, you know, to that particular drug because I was on it for, for some time. It was something new. And uh, the response that I got was, hey, don't worry, you probably, you are stressed. Maybe you're depressed. It's, it's you know, it, it can be normal. But I, I wasn't stressed. I was, as I said, I was actually very optimistic and uh, quite different, you know, what I was doing. But, and then it turned out that it led that particular, you know, uh, therapy led to some heart issues temporary heart issues but it could be it could be decided it could be crucial so uh, fortunately i didn't get any stroke which is which is really good but i didn't feel like i was able to communicate first of all my needs and explain my experience you know with my with my care team but in the meantime the reason that i got that kind of response was that there wasn't information so there was no data that would say look we have other patients who have gone through the same so and then i I spoke with a lot of other patients and 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 september in september of 2016 i established the only high cancer treatment support foundation which supports people affected by cancer from low-income families and as part of my work i realized that actually 95% of, of many people go through the same, of those people go through the same. So we do have lack of information, lack of data reported by cancer patients, short-term and long-term that would help us understand how this disease works. So what happens to us before we get diagnosed? So what happened to us in the past that somehow led to this issue, first of all. How does disease works and how cancer and how cancer treatments affect our quality of life? So there is a lot that we can learn and a lot should be reported and shared by people who have gone through, who have gone through cancer. Those are the people who have a lot of knowledge. And, uh, and also the other part that I felt was you know, it was lacking for many people was the, the motivation and support. And that this is also comes to prove why we have the stereotypes. But then when I was, uh, when I was, uh, you know, ill and treatments in 2015, 16, my, my, fem- my friends and my family used to do um, a lot of events and, and activities and they would dedicate those activities to me. And hundreds of people that I didn't know, they would send messages, encourage me. And so it was it was a very, very nice experience. And it felt me, it, it, it made me feel loved and I felt that attention. Then I realized that other people don't have that. They don't receive that kind of attention. That's where I got the idea of one and then 2019, when my when my cancer was back, I was just kind of waiting for the right time for, for this idea to become uh, to become a project. And 
I remember a couple of weeks after my second diagnosis, I reached out to the Oxford University Innovation. And because I was uh, and I'm alumna, they do have a program for uh, for the university staff and students and also the alumni to apply. And they it's an incubator, it's an incubator and accelerator program. So they, they do provide resources, they do provide a little bit of financial support as well, and they help you develop the company. So I got accepted and started developing this company along with my treatments. So I would receive, for instance, I would receive my chemotherapy and I would go to uh, to the incubator and start working like on the same day. And the staff, the incubator staff, the OUI staff saw me doing it. Like they saw how this company developed right from scratch. The other fun Fun, I would say, and in the meantime, useful thing that I that I did for for the company and um, during the testing process of of the idea and the prototype in the early stages um, of the company. So I tested it with other patients and and clinicians in the hospital and in ambulance vehicles at emergency departments. So every time when I would you know call an ambulance, and of course I was. I was, I was ill, and that's why I would call, you know, I called the ambulance. And um, I would just take that time and talk to them. Hey, what do you think about this, about this idea? This is what I'm doing. Do you think it, it makes sense? Mm-hmm. But imagine um, I wouldn't be in a, in a good shape. So being in the ambulance vehicle, I, I usually would be quite, you know, uh, quite ill. Several times I had allergic reactions or stuff like that. So, but but it's been it's been possible actually to to combine the 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 treatments and to combine the, you know, the the project and I would say also the commitment, the the will because that's what I wanted to do. So there was so much passion in what I was doing, and it helped me. Both, you know, as a as a patient during my treatments, and it helped me gain so much understanding within a short period of time, and then develop the develop the idea. Because after the prototype, we developed the minimum viable product, we tested it, and then we developed the uh, the the final working version, which went through the beta testing again. So there was a lot of testing and and involvement and conversations and and analysis because what we want to do and what you know as as, as a founder myself, my, my vision for for Van was and it still is, it is to you know create a product for uh, for millions of people affected by cancer around the world and unite them unite them, help help one another and share our experiences to provide moti- and pr- provide motivation and support to those people and and contribute to cancer research. Because when we have the data, when we have valuable data and we are able to apply that in research to understand really what's happening and how we can improve our research and how we can improve um, our cancer care, we're saying our, I mean, the cancer care you know, globally, that's where we're going to bring uh, impact. So the the product, in fact, is is our product. is a digital platform, and um, mainly designed for people affected by cancer. And it provides a, 
helpful information about, about diagnosis, treatments, clinical trials. It provides news and updates on the industry, interesting facts that our users should know or they would be interested in, in learning about. We provide also informal art and nature therapy. So this is just a page within the, within the platform, within uh, our mobile and web app, which has beautiful imagery. It just provides positive vibes. So people can scroll through those, those images and, 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 and enjoy. They don't have to do anything specific. Uh, we do have in-app surveys. So those surveys are focusing on uh, several topics. So currently, for instance, on the, in, in, our, in our app, we have four surveys focus, uh, covering life before cancer, side effects treatments, breast reconstruction, bone, bone health and cancer. So those are the issues that have been raised by, by other patients, well, including myself. Uh, so the idea is, is actually to get high-quality data from those surveys and uh, and uh, analyze it and see what we can find out. Mm-hmm. We also have a very exciting tool, which is called Make a Smile. So the Make a Smile tool brings in the general public, regardless of their health. So just a regular person can use this tool to dedicate their activities to someone affected by cancer from our community. So for instance, if I uh, go for a run this this weekend, I want to do a 5K run, I can dedicate that run to someone that I don't know or I know simply. So this is how it works. I write a message, so I choose you know, my activity type, and then I write a message like, hey, I'm doing this hike for you, and I'm dedicating it to you. I wish you a fast recovery. Please stay well. All the best to you. And we are with you. You're not alone. Something inspirational. And then I send that message. Imagine someone who is going through difficult times, whether they are in, on active treatments or they're in remission, it doesn't really matter. And they receive that message. That short message can be very, very powerful. And we don't really need much in order to make a change, in order to impact other people's lives. Even one nice word or just one nice message can make them feel happy and they can, they can see the attention. And especially that it's free of charge and um, it, it can be done anonymously as well. So this is the, this is the platform that we have developed. We've received very positive feedback so far from from our users. So it was it was released uh, in June. So it's it's been about now two months probably. Uh, so the positive feedback people people are loving it. They they uh, they provided some comments, and we're going to use those comments and feedback to to develop the platform further and to make it more personalized, to make it more interactive. Uh, we actually have introduced also a new feature within within the platform. It's a it's a dashboard and it has a little bit of kind of a gaming side of it as well. So and we we want to see how it works and uh, we will we will improve it. So the you know the goal is is actually to 
you know, to provide a platform that a, a tool that people will will love, and it will be the number one choice for them just to get some motivation and support and and being involved in uh, in, in in making change and helping us shape the uh, and uh, the cancer research and uh, and uh, create a safer future. It's all about having a future, a building a future where, you know, when we're not going to be scared of this disease, there is going to be enough information, there is going to be enough support and tools for all of us. It's funny, like, I, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever felt, I guess, so, I don't know, I've, I've, never, I've never felt, I guess, so moved or, I guess, emotional or whatever, however you want to describe it. Because uh, this hits this hits home quite hard for me, and I think you mentioned at the end, like you mentioned, you want to build something that people love. It feels almost like, for me, what you've built is something that allows people to share love at a time where they really need it, you know. And I think it's kind of we live in this digital world of. We know we you know the breakdown of community and like all, all those different things. Like we can talk about that a lot, and it's easy to say. But I think in your story, you talked about you talked about feeling really feeling part of a community and actually accessing a community and building one around you with your family and your friends and people dedicating things to you and you feeling loved. And actually, for a health tech product to be in a situation like yours, where you're allowing people to share that with each other, I think is a beautiful thing. I think aligning your passion with the need is the goal of every entrepreneur, almost. Everyone wants to unite what they feel passionate about with a market need and I want to use the word market quite sparingly here, given who we're talking about, but it does need to function as a business, but you found that, you know, you've, you found an area where people can have this, not even an emotional connection to the products. Really you've built what is reductively empty pipes, but you're filling those with actually plenty of content yourself, but you're allowing people to dedicate a run to someone that might just be feeling lonely or scared or just needing needing something needing someone needing love i think that's a beautiful beautiful thing honest to god and you know dare i say could extend well beyond cancer actually for people going through many different things i know that obviously that is your mission but i my mind goes to i wonder where you've humanized the technology as much as you have done here or you've managed to use technology to put human the humanity back into this experience. I just feel like that's something that we just need far more of. And actually, you know, the amount of people I talk to on this podcast, where we talk about the engineering, we talk about the tech, we talk about the business model, we talk about the economics. I think it, if I don't know, it just feels far more appropriate here to, to be talking about that stuff, about actually the fact that you're putting the humanity back in and allowing people to trade love with each other. I think that's, beautiful um it, it must be satisfying for you knowing that knowing that you were given this mission and i don't know if you're spiritual or religious or whatever but it seems like you, you were in some way 
given they, they often say that what, what is it that an adversity can also be a privilege and vice versa and, and actually to be given the adversity of cancer you've converted this somewhat into the privilege of the ability to have this fire within you to drive you to build this thing that can be for millions and can help millions um it must be satisfying for you to be in the position that you are, but similarly, you must have ambition for where this can go. So my question is, where are you now, personally? Where is the business and the company and the mission? Where are you on that mission now? And what is your ambition for it over what amount of time? Yeah, well, thanks very much, James. That's very nice of you. Uh, so, so I'm cancer-free. And I have been cancer-free since 2020, and I'm quite healthy and um, living my life and um, enjoying my work and, uh, you know, at Vaughan. So the company, so we raised uh, some funding last year, some you know, angel investment and a grant funding from Innovate UK and also a small funding from, from a local organization, which is called Oxlab. We are based in uh, in Oxford, and um, I guess it's Oxlab and European Regional Development Fund. So we've been able to based based on our MVP uh, testing to develop the final version, uh, tested it and release it. And we have our first traction currently. Now we are in the process of raising our next round. And uh, which will help us to expand operations of the company and um, hire new team members to build up the business. So I'm very ambitious about, you know, my ambitions are quite <laughs> huge uh, regarding regarding Van. I really want Van to become the number one, one of the, I would say one of the best tools. And why not even the number one tool for every person every every person affected by cancer globally so whoever gets diagnosed with cancer or they are on treatment i would like one to be the tool that they would that would reach out and get that support and motivation whenever whenever they need and one has a great potential to be a leading company in cancer research in, in that in that in industry to contribute to cancer research, and it's primarily because of our experience from the you know as, as patient from the patient perspective, we're able to you know, develop and contribute uh, to the research space, um, which I believe you know with information and data that will be needed um, in drug development, in in, in testing, in understanding uh, this disease. So, and and impacting millions of people, literally. So that's uh, that's the goal, and we we are up for a big challenge. We know that certainly it's not it's not easy, and especially in digital health space and in cancer cancer related in oncology space, when we you know where we deal with people who are going through. Uh, through cancer, there is a lot of sensitivity and and uh, need for understanding, and and the communication is different. So, we 
we are working very passionately to to build relationship relationships with the you know with our potential users with the community uh, to work with them to understand them to help them to help you know other players because it's not just about one or two organization we we are taking taking the role of uh, you know as as a as as a company uh, to as a bridge between between the patient community or I would say the people affected by cancer in general and uh, and the players and the industry players. So what is it that our people affected by cancer, our patients would like others to know? What is it that we should learn from them and how we can involve them in in a lot of processes because, whether it's research, whether it's the development, whether it's you know um, uh, passing that information to to healthcare providers or or government, I mean involving the patients to contribute to breaking the stereotypes and understanding this field uh, more, and um, uh, whether you know, research organizations, biotech, pharma companies, healthcare providers, uh, private hospitals, um, uh, charities. We we are keen to work with those players, uh, wherever it's it's going to be possible to actually to contribute and to help both sides. Um, and you know, and again, we at the end of the day, we all want to be healthy. Um, I'm saying, yeah, I'm talking about people affected by cancer, and I know that their families, their friends colleagues they all want to see other people being healthy we we need to make sure that we help one another to to you know to create an environment a safe environment when we are able to communicate and you know share the insights and create the platform create a future as i've said uh, previously that would um that would help us uh, be in a situation when you know we don't we don't struggle, and if if we I know people that we know now are healthy, fortunately they are going to be healthy and they're not going to be affected by cancer. But the cancer cases are increasing, and um, we certainly need to have that safe you know future and a better future for all of us. So I'm, I believe, and I'm sure that Vaughn is going to have a great, a great future, and we're going to do our best, and I'm going to do my best as a, as a founder uh, to help it grow and have its impact and help many people. I'm sure you will, and uh, I'm sure it will be successful. And I, ju- I hope, I just hope it is. I, I really do. I, I think. Um, what just i mean just a word on your model actually i think that that kind of flywheel that you've got with providing so much value in the app to people with the content the information the ability to share love and moments and give that to people is what brings people to the app as well as the fact that they can record their symptoms and experience the data can be used then to inform cancer research. I think that flywheel that you've got of bringing people to the app through value, but then contributing value back more broadly 
and that being a reason that people would want to use your app and come to it where they will get more value and share more love and contribute more. I I, I think that is a, a, a fabulous model, which just plays on this real fundamental point, I think, of businesses in healthcare, which is just start with the value. Like, just just start with the value. If you come from that place, you'll get eyeballs and stickiness and daily active users and attention. And with that, you can think about a business model and and everything that you're going to do from it. But uh, I think focusing on the value is so important. And actually values, I, I notice, for consumers at the moment, are incredibly important. And of course, people living with cancer are not just your average consumer, but still consumers nonetheless. And actually, for consumers, for all consumers at the moment, people are more conscious about the value. And if this were an app that were just profit driven, it wouldn't have the same feel to it, to one that is clearly well-intentioned to provide as much value back into that community and finding a way to make that work in a business sense, I think is wonderful and another beautiful element to what you're doing. So Arnie, thanks for coming on and thanks for being so honest. I think it's a wonderful story that you've told that ends with obviously being cancer-free. The moments that you've had that have driven you towards this purpose, towards this goal, are obviously nothing that anybody wants to go through, but I think so many people will be better off uh, for you having this passion, this drive and building this company. So thank you for all of that. Um, And if people do want to learn more about Van, what's the best place for them to do so? Well, thank you very much, James, for the, for, you know, having me and uh, for this opportunity to talk about, to talk about Van and to talk about, about my story. So people can learn about the company on. Um, um, so we have a we have a website. It's called uh, www.thevan.com. So that's that's our website, and they can find us also on social media. Um, we have account on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and and, and Twitter, and and other pages. They are more than welcome to contact me. Um, as well, um, um, they can contact me on LinkedIn. Or I'm also active on Facebook, and I use Instagram sometimes. So uh, I'll be very happy to connect you know, with people who would be keen to learn about uh, about our work, about the company, and uh, and about our product. So very much looking for looking forward to it. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.